Praise the Lord, everyone. Good to be in the house of God once again. <clears throat> Thankful for what God is doing. And um, I know that he is better to me than what I deserve. But I'm thankful that God continues to bless, continues to provide. He's just a great God. I found nothing greater. I found nothing better than the God that I serve. Song says I can search for eternity. And I'll still find that there is none like him. James chapter 3, verse 17 through 18. Thank you, Pastor, again for allowing me the opportunity to share what God has put on my heart. Conquering confusion is what we're talking about today. Anybody remember what we talked about last Sunday morning, last week? So, talked about conquering deception. Everybody remember the definition of deception? Who's got it? Thank you, Sister Parker. The act of making someone believe something that is not true. So since we're talking about confusion this week, what do you think a contributing factor to deception would be? Right? So it's not a trick question. <laughs> okay? But confusion is one of those things that um, it's easy to convince someone to believe anything that you want them to believe if they're in a state of confusion. Okay? I look at confusion as kind of like that, that middle point, you know, where you're kind of indecisive. Not certain, right? Miriam defines the word confusion, and we'll read the scripture, as a situation in which people are uncertain about what to do or unable to understand something clearly. It's a feeling that you have when you don't understand what is happening, what to expect. It's a state of or situation in which many things are happening in a way that is not controlled or orderly. There's a lot going on with confusion. 
James chapter 3, verses 17 through 18. I would like to read from the Amplified Version. So what I'll do is I'll read from the King James first. And then I will read the Amplified Version. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion, James says, and every evil work. James chapter 3, verse 17, or excuse me, verse 16 and 17, sorry. I'm in 16. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Where envying and strife is, there is confusion. Hmm. There's a bunch of people fighting. At odds with one another, is bound to be if you look in our society today, we got a lot of people fighting. If everybody's fighting and everybody's fighting for a different cause and everybody believes that their cause is right. That's a good sign that there's confusion. Somebody's confused about what they're supposed to be fighting for. Right? There's a lot of people fighting the wrong battle. My wife was talking about something. You know, we were talking about something just a just a little bit today about uh, you know the push, the agenda for homosexuality and embracing that, so on and so forth. As Christians, the world can perceive us the wrong way. For one, we're not homophobics. We're not afraid of a homosexual. We don't hate homosexuals. Now, if I'm speaking wrong, Pastor can correct me and sit me down. But I believe those are two misconceptions that the world gets from us. What's interesting to me is that the world is working very hard to push the agenda. It's nothing new. It's always been around. But they're working so hard that they're coming up with programs to teach people, to convince people that it's okay to embrace this. But the church has never changed. 
We've always stood on what we stood on. We've always preached what we preached. But now it's hate speech because it goes against confusion. Nowhere in the scripture does it say God hates the homosexual. What does God hate? When we talked about it, right? He hates the sin, right? Not the sinner. If anything, you know, and I know there's a lot of preachers that's, that's putting this out there, and this is something that needs to be said. But it's confusion. They misunderstand. When people get so worked up, they get so quick to be angry and at odds with somebody, you know. Very few times are they going to ever get to the point where they truly understand what's happening. But they can truly comprehend the real meaning of something. Because I see it my way. And if your way disagrees with my way, I already got a problem. A situation in which people are uncertain or about, or excuse me, are uncertain about what to do or unable to understand something clearly. That sounds like what we're dealing with, right? In that situation. So one of the contributing factors that I believe causes confusion is a lack of understanding. The inability to connect with or recognize the application of knowledge or information. And like I said earlier, this can lead to deception. When a person is confused, it is possible to gain them, to get them to see the truth. But when a person is deceived, it's a whole lot more difficult. If I'm confused about something, I don't know what I believe yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. And if someone can shed light on the situation and help me out, might gain a soul. But if I'm deceived, I believe what I believe. So whatever you say don't matter. I believe what we're facing now in our generation, and I say our generation, my generation coming up, the younger generation, a lot of our young people are confused about what they believe. It shows in their actions, in their behavior. We got young kids going to school and they just just as confused One day they're this and one day they're that and they just, what's, what's that term they use now? Don't go against the grain, do what? Go with the flow, right? Well, if the current is taking me the wrong way, I got 
I got to find a different stream to, to swim in. Anybody ever try to swim against the current? <laughs> I haven't, but I heard. I've heard that it's very challenging to do that. You got to be strong enough to get through it. You got to have some some perseverance to swim against the current if you want to save your life. That's a message right there. So lack of understanding. If I don't a lot of people have knowledge, right? They know things. You ever just see, you hear people, I know, I know, I know, just know everything, right? Can't tell them nothing. Pastor, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know. Well, I just want to share with you. I know. God is telling me to encourage you. I know. I know. He doesn't know it to do good and somebody confused. Because if I know what I'm supposed to do and I'm not doing it, (laughs) I got a conflict within myself. Remember what I told y'all a couple weeks ago, right? A lot of the warfare that happens starts. Isn't it interesting? Look, you know, I know that science. Science has its place, you know, all the medicinal assistance that we can get. All that has its place. But at the end of the day, most of what we deal with in life, think about it. Starts right here. The greatest wars and battles that we fought in life started with the concept. Started with someone's thinking. And the moment my thinking conflicts with your thinking, who would have thought that that can cause a world war? One man's thinking caused one of the most powerful influences. I believe that was World War One, wasn't it? Hitler? Two. Look at how much influence that he had because of his thinking. And guess what he did? He was able to get a whole bunch of people following him, a whole bunch of soldiers. They carrying out his deeds because of one man's thinking. On a positive note, we had a lot of inventions over the, you know, throughout time that has helped us out because of
when they had to live by candlelight, you know, and you figure when nighttime falls, you ain't got no candle. That's it. It's bedtime. Isn't it interesting how over time, you know, things have gotten so much more fast paced, the more developments there are. But those things were developed to help us. Lights were supposed to help us so that, you know, we can. Now we burn in the, you know, it's (laughs) burning the midnight oil. I can stay up later. I can work later. Computers were designed to help us do things more efficiently and more quickly, right? Save us time. (laughs) Now we use more time to do the stuff that we've been doing before. We just piled more on. And then, oh, by the way, it takes more time to keep those things up. Anyway, but those things came about because of someone's thinking, okay? Started out as a concept, and it became reality, became materialized. If we are not careful in our thinking, we can materialize the wrong thing in our lives. So, the first thing we got to, like I said, we got to have understanding of what it is that we know. A lot of folks are trying to explain the scriptures. I know the scriptures, but if I have no understanding, then how can I properly explain or share the scriptures with others? I can give you 20 scriptures. All scripture is profitable. But if I don't understand the scriptures, if I give you 20 scriptures and I say, here, read these scriptures, and you'll be all right. Well, when you leave with those 20 scriptures, you're going to leave with just that, knowledge. That's what information is, knowledge. But that's it. How do you get understanding? How can you get understanding? I'm just asking that question. Somebody can tell me. Asking God? Anybody else? By hearing? If I want you... Okay, let's take a baby. Right? If I want the baby, or a little toddler or whatever, to learn how to tie their shoes, okay... They've seen shoes. They know what it means to have the shoes tied. But they don't understand how to tie them. Teach and instruct, right? Which means you've got to have some guidance. So if I want to understand God's word, I know I have a knowledge of it, what it says. I can read. I know what the words mean. But in order to understand it, what do I have to do? And who do we get instruction from? We get it from God, right? So then why are we so wrapped in what man is saying about God's word? 
Y'all with me? If God gives the understanding of his word, why do we stop at what man says? You got to have the spirit, right? It's the spirit that gives the understanding. I can give you, I can impart to you what God has given to me. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like I, like I encouraged you last week, we don't just stop there. Right? Look, your relationship with God is only going to be as good as what you make it. If you're relying on other men to save you, that's where you're going to fall. I don't, it doesn't matter if it's me or whoever it is. You accept the word of God, but then you go back and you search the scriptures to see if they're so for yourself. That's part of the reason why we got a lot of confusion in the house of God. Because folks don't go back and search the scriptures for themselves. You're not going to get saved just because pastor said it. Pastor's giving you what God has given him. But at the end of the day, what is God giving you? That's what's going to keep you from being confused. If, the, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm hanging everything in my salvation off of what man says, guess what? When that man falls, this is what causes a lot of issues. I'm not taken away from the man of God. Please understand why I'm going with this. I told y'all last week, I respect the man of God. I respect the position. Everything that God has put in place in the house of God, I respect that. At the end of the day, if you want to be saved, the Bible says save yourselves. God has put the man of God there to serve for his glory. But now you got to do something. Sort of. So we hear the word, right? Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We hear the word, like we said earlier. You got to listen first, right? If I don't listen to the word of God, I won't even have anything to go off of to say, okay, well, God, give me an understanding. Give me an understanding of what? I'm not reading. I'm not listening. Y'all got to stay with me now because I know y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. But listen, this is what it comes down to. Folks want God to meet them on their terms. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church. God, I want you to meet me on my terms when it's convenient for me, what's comfortable for me. But when you're giving me instruction, that's okay. I don't want that part. I think it's a waste of time, me personally. I think it's a waste of time to come to the house of God if you're not going to listen to God anyway. What's your point of being in the church if you don't want God's instruction, if you don't want God giving you guidance in your life? Are y'all with me? This is not, this is. You can't get anywhere unless you have. Look at where we are today. 
We've only gotten to where we've gotten now because we were instructed before. Anybody went to school? Even if you didn't go to school back in the day, somebody was teaching you something. Remember when mamas used to teach the kids how to cook? I'm trying, y'all. We got an issue in our society today because nobody wants to receive instruction. Because they know it all. I know. One of the things I always appreciated about the older people growing up as a young person, I wanted to glean. I felt like they had something that I needed. As a young person, that's how I felt. Something that might prepare me for later on in life. And it's the same thing with the word of God. Okay, what is it that I'm going to be prepared? You know, I don't know what I'm going to face tomorrow, but if I get this today, God has given this to the man of God. God has put the word out there for some reason right now. It must be something that I need it for. Ultimately, I know it's to save my life. But I know there's going to be some situations that I'm going to encounter that I'm going to need the word of God for. And when I face those things, I can rely on the word that I've gotten so I'm not confused, so I'm not bewildered, so I'm not deceived. I know exactly what I need to do. I know where it's coming from, and I know where I'm going. So you got to have knowledge before you can get understanding. And then when you go to, when you want understanding for something, you seek the source. God, help me to understand your word. No, I don't want my interpretation of it. We got a lot of interpretations as it is. Everybody's got their version out there about what the truth is. At the end of the day, I don't hang my hat on what man says about God's word. God, I need an understanding for myself. That's what I'm getting at. Did you know that's what that's what all the leaders in the church are encouraging the church to do? Get into the word. Get an understanding for yourself. Guess what? When you start having a Bible, like I told my kids, I says, you can't, ex- you can't share something with somebody that you don't know. That's why he says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. You're not looking like a fool trying to tell somebody else how to live for God when, you're not, when you don't understand how to live for him yourself. Amen? I refuse to walk around claiming the title of a Christian when I'm not going to line up with it. I don't even understand what a Christian is. But I'm a Christian. And we got it in our society today. Everybody want to claim the title Christian. Everybody want to go to heaven. But like I told my kids, I said, you know what? God likes to write too. He got a book. Let me ask you something. If you're going to have a party, you're going to have a celebration who are you going to invite? 
Who would you invite? Your friends? Family? Who would you invite? Friends and family? Everybody say friends and family. You say again? Oh. <laughs> People I like? Right? What's the chance of you inviting your enemy? What's the chance of you inviting somebody that offended you? You know they a thief. You know they be spreading rumors and lying. You know they be cheating. So the funny thing to me is, we understand that, but then we don't understand why God won't invite us all into heaven. Does that make sense? Why do we treat God like that? I I don't understand. I really don't. Like we have one standard for us, but then, well, God, you're supposed to understand, you know, we all just human. But as humans, look at what we do. I just asked a question about a party, and everybody said friends and family. I'm inclined to believe that some won't invite some family members. Right? (laughs) This is... (laughs) That's confusion. How do we relate to some things in life that make sense to us, but when the same principles God is asking for is put out, we can disagree with it. We can walk away from it. We can reject it. That's called confusion. Y'all with me? Maybe some of y'all are, maybe some of y'all not, but hey, guess what? God is not the author of confusion, so we're trying to read this thing out. Miscommunication can cause confusion. Now, in miscommunication, you have one delivering the information and you have one receiving the information. Too often, people get wrapped up on their intent and pay no attention to the impact. You got a lot of folks, confusion stirs up in the church, and a lot of it comes from people who are bitter. Why? Because they got offended. That's one word you hear a lot, especially when it comes to people who backslide, whatever the case may be. It it really comes down to, I was offended. That's, That's the word that's used a lot. But what were they offended by? Somebody said or did something. They intended, they might have intended now. Some people, you know, they intentionally do stuff. But for the most part, there are a lot of people who do things that unintentionally. I didn't intend to hurt you with what I said. But because I disregarded the impact, I went on about my business. Do you know, here, you know, the, the scripture talks about 
if you're going to go pray, I'm just paraphrasing. If you're going to go pray, you're going to present your gift before the Lord. You're supposed to leave your gift at the altar if you know that your brother or sister has ought against you. Did you know that? In other words, you are not going to pass go and collect $200 until you first reconcile with Broadway and Park Place. For those of you that play Monopoly. Go back. Stop coming to me asking me to do stuff in your life and touch your life when you know you there's, there's somebody else that has an issue with something that you did or something that you said. Now, how hard is it to say, brother? You know what? God just moved on my heart. I'm sorry, brother. I, I didn't mean to, you know, offend you with what I said. That was not my intent. Now, it's good that he forgives me, right? But if he doesn't forgive me, guess what? I've done what God expected of me. Because repentance is a reflection of my heart. God doesn't hold me accountable whether somebody forgives me or not. That's your issue, not mine. If I've done what I could to reconcile with you and you don't want to reconcile, you're in violation. I'm still going to pray for you. I still love you, but I got to move on. But I got to at least make that effort to go and reconcile. You know how many issues we probably resolve in the house of God if we just be willing to do that? Some folks are too stubborn and prideful to do it. Well, I didn't mean it that way anyway, so they're just going to have to get over it. This is... But this is the attitude that creeps up in the church, and this is what causes confusion. Y'all okay? And then then here's what's crazy about it. Over time, the stuff builds up. Now it's a big blowout from one event. Brothers and sisters, we shouldn't live like that. That's unhealthy to the body of Christ. There should be no reason why there's schism in the body of Christ. Because of something else that my brother or sister did, if anything, I should be able to go to them and say, hey, you know what? Look, uh, you hurt me or if I hurt you, hey, I'm sorry. Right. I didn't mean that. That hurt you? I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to hurt you. How hard is it to do that? My intent might have been good. But if the impact was bad, then all I got to do is go back and reconcile that. This is what the enemy loves to do. He loves to take advantage of any opportunity that he's given. So when there's a gap in the relationship, the enemy does what he can to wedge that and make it Now, if we're like that with one another who we see every day or every time we come to the house of God, how do you think he does when it comes between us and God? I don't understand why God didn't change that or fix that situation or whatever. God should have did this. God should have did that. In that very moment, there's a gap. In my relationship with God. 
because I don't understand. But instead of seeking him and saying, God, I may not understand what happened, but you know what? I still trust you. My eyes are still on you. Like Job said, though he slay me, my trust and confidence is yet in him. I'm not going to give the enemy room to cause me to doubt and to cause me to turn my face away from who I trust in. Regardless of how bad it is. Miscommunication, conflict of information between two or more individuals. I'm going to move on. Disobedience, blatant disregard for instruction or guidance can definitely cause confusion. You can guarantee that confusion is coming along. Guess what? If I hear the man of God preaching, I always like to resort to the man of God because let's just face it. That's who God put to care for our souls. He's supposed to be the shepherd or the under shepherd, as some people call it, whatever the case may be. But he's there to lead the body of Christ, right? Amen. Amen. We understand that, right? So regardless of how you feel about it, first and foremost, that's a God-given role. So your words don't have no play when it comes to God's anointing. Amen? That's the first thing. Now, the second thing is, if the man of God is doing what God is telling him to do, he's giving the instruction, and you go and you say, okay, you know what? I ain't got to listen to that part. Today's message wasn't for me. That don't apply to me. I don't know what he was talking about, but I think it's okay. I wasn't convicted about that. God didn't give me anything different. He didn't leave me. He didn't give me an answer about that. Right? So I leave, and I'm going to do the opposite. Don't, don't, don't go down the road. And turn left. Make sure you make a right down the road. I don't know what he's talking about. I know a better way. There's a way which seemeth right unto a man. But the end. So. By disregarding and disobeying the voice of God. Whether you like to admit it or not or realize it or not, when the man of God is speaking, it is God using that man just like he did with the prophets back in the Bible day. Holy men wrote the scriptures, right? As God moved upon them. So it's no difference. God is still using people to, get, to deliver his word. And if we reject God's word then we are inviting confusion in our lives. Here's the deal. When you hear it, you can't reverse that. You can't reverse what you hear. At that point, it becomes rebellion. Now, when you're ignorant and you don't know, that's one thing. You're still accountable, but that's one thing. But when you heard it, and you just reject it or you do something different deliberately, you're in rebellion. I got to move on so I can wrap this up. Possible results of confusion, dysfunction, dissension, division, destruction. Y'all remember the Tower of Babel? 
They all together. They let's build this tower. Let's do. They had no clue. The risk behind doing that. That's why God did what he did. It was for their safety. Did you realize that? Dysfunction, dissension, division, and destruction. Anybody heard of the term divide and conquer? Old tactic that somehow continues to work. If you can get your enemy to be divided, because a house divided against itself, right? Ways to overcome confusion. Man, I really don't want to rush this. You know what? We're going to save this. I'm going to wrap this up. God bless y'all. Let's not be confused. Let's be ready for the service today. (laughs)